Hello, a little word of warning. This podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks it's pronounced lingering. I'm ahead of the game. the smut drop this is if you didn't already know a weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk i'm miranda kane and on this week's show i'll be looking at how to go in for that all-important first kiss chatting to the ceo of coco de mer lucy litwack about finding empowerment through pleasure and finding out what your epiphanies were when it came to learning to love your body with your moments of body positivity but i I hope you're ready because it's the pleasure dome, baby. Two may enter, but only one may leave. Hello, smut droppers. Oh, now look, okay, let's just address the elephant in the room because I know that you've been told that sex workers don't kiss bollocks to that. I love a good snog. It's one of my favourite parts. But when you're not getting paid by the hour, when is the best time to go in for a kiss? Sean Bradley has been looking at just that for metro.co.uk. Apparently, TikTok is on fire with how to make a perfect moment. You know, those flirty looks, a little flick of the eye. But is that really practical? Can you go around dimming your lights just because you want to have your first snog. No. And oh my God, there is so much to worry about. Your teeth clanging, your breath, let alone your technique. Well, Gigi Engel, a certified sex educator at 3Fun and author of All the Fucking Mistakes, A Guide to Sex, Love and Life, counters that there is no real way to create a moment uh, because we all experience different dates and social contexts. She says it's better to do a vibe check, see if the other person is responding to things like hand-holding or flirtatious touching, connecting with your personality and, and sense of humour. And she adds that if you're going to kiss someone, wait until it feels right and then ask them if it would be okay. Oh, it's <laughs> always romantic, isn't it? You know, when they lean in and they, they softly whisper, oh, can I kiss you? It still gives me the tummy flutters. Yeah, look, there are practical things that you need to worry about. Your breath, pop them in. No one is expecting your teeth to be minty fresh, but you do have to worry about your oral hygiene and just hygiene in general. That's what makes you kissable. Technique, always remember that less is more. No one wants a washing machine. None of those Love Island movements where they just stick their whole tongue in. No, just a little start with a little tickle making the move. It's always nice when someone else makes the first move. But then if we all believe that, no one would make a fucking move. So, you know, be brave, leap in. But if you do, just remember that consent is sexy. So just, uh, you know, that little whisper of sweet nothings and just remember to say, hey, I really want to kiss you. There you go. You can use that line. Uh, Speaking of sexy, I think it's about time we got some tips from this week's guest. Let's go, smut droppers. 
This week's guest is the CEO of luxury brand Coco de Mer. As a female entrepreneur, she is focused on building a female-run, female-focused business that celebrates and empowers women, and the brand itself has female pleasure is a key pillar. Therefore, she is the perfect person to talk to me about empowerment through pleasure. It's Lucy Litwack. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Very exciting. My favourite topic of conversation. So, Oh, it's women, pleasure, entrepreneurship. Which one? There's so many. I know. Well, pleasure's always up there at the very top for me. But all of them, I mean, you know, women's issues and female empowerment. But from the angle of female pleasure is is definitely my preferred topic of conversation. Oh, well, you've come to the right place. If there's anything the smut drop loves, <laughs> it's pleasure. <laughs> so tell me about Coco de Mer. Tell our listeners about the brand. Well, Coco de Mer has been around for just over 20 years now. Wow. And um, literally for those 20 years has been committed to celebrating and championing pleasure for everyone and also mm. just chipping away at those long-standing taboos around sexuality so you know so much more than just uh you know just selling products but we do sell lots of beautiful products aimed at giving you as much pleasure as possible but it's so much bigger uh, a conversation than that how do you even start chipping away? We know this, like, we've had so much shame and so much judgment, uh, especially around women's pleasure. So where where for you does it start? I mean, it's such a good question because, honestly, and that's why I think we're still using the word chipping away because, you know, it, it is a never-ending story. But I think, you know, the reality is, because I am coming at it from the point of view of female pleasure because, you know, from art to culture education to pornography you know the female perspective on pleasure in all its forms is really it's just little discussed or truly understood and yet it's just so important you know from general happiness and confidence to deepening nurturing our relationships all of our relationships and most of important at all, I think, is like a fundamental appreciation of ourselves. Knowing and owning female pleasure really can be life changing. And it feels like now in 2022, it's only just starting to get the attention it deserves. And, you know, it's so, it, it, so it's why it's my um, literally my topic of conversation. I will talk to anyone about the importance of female pleasure. And I think what's really crucial is that it's never too late because I think, you know, it has for the whole fact that it hasn't been discussed properly for so long. There are lots of women that haven't experienced pleasure, real pleasure yet. And so it's that is such an important element, I think, that you can start at any time. And so, you know, it's it's why when I with Coco de Mer, I wanted to build that home of pleasure so that we're creating a brand that was built by and run by women for women. Um, because, you know, pleasure done right is just so important and it fires up all the senses. You know, you've got sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. They're, they're a system mm. greater than the sum of their parts. 
What was the thing that brought you to it? It's uh, you know, you're you. I love it when you're saying it's such a life changing thing. Where what was the moment that was life changing for you? It's a couple of different things. I think the first one would be when I first started at Coconut Air. So I'm not the founder of Coconut Air. It was founded by um, another amazing woman called Sam Roddick. And when I joined, I'd I'd had, you know, almost 20 years working in the lingerie space for lots of different brands globally. And when I joined Coconut Air, it just felt so different and so special and how it almost felt like it really punched above its weight as a brand, but it had so much more potential because the world was changing and it had been considered such a niche brand when it launched in 2001. But, you know, eight years ago when I got involved, the world had moved on. You know, we'd had the launch of Fifty Shades of Grey, which is, can you believe it's 10th anniversary this year? So, you know, and whatever you think of those books and films, they absolutely provided a step change in the erotica industry. Um, And Mm. it got, you know, hidden desires were coming to the surface of women and people that had never um, thought about those things before. It sort of legitimized BDSM, really. And then it felt like things just went a bit quiet. And Mm. I do think a revolution is on its way again. You know, back in the day, the kind of classic sex shops were, you know, really aimed at men and all were quite Mm. intimidating if that, you know, if you were new to the, that world. So Coconut Mare really offered that something different. So that I found really interesting. And I think also the other thing from a like personal level is probably self-love and self-pleasure but and when I talk about self-love and self-pleasure I'm very much talking about masturbation rather than a kind of body positivity (laughs) love yourself moment self-love from a masturbation standpoint nothing negative about that can't think of anything bad to say about that side of things I think that is so important to women's pleasure because self-discovery is is key to everything and leaning in and learning about what feels good for you in a space where Mm. there's no need to be embarrassed or shy you can discover so for me I think that was really key to understanding the importance that female pleasure and the how life-changing female pleasure can be for for a woman particularly as you know we live in a world that is you know, and generations of women have been brought up in a world where it's all focused on what men want, right? And what men need. Mm. And it's a world of pleasure and power has been very male dominated up until now. Mm. So I think, again, it's, you know, it, it really helps to um, understand what you're, because you're not taught, you know, men are taught from a very young age that, male pleasure is a fact of life and the importance of Mm. it is you know really clear to them but it's not so much for women yeah so where does that come into empowerment for you I just almost think that there is you you can't really separate them I just think that female pleasure is integral to female empowerment and when a woman is allowed to explore her desires, 
to embrace the complexity of sexual pleasure because, you know, it's not simple. Everybody is different. Mm. Um, but if you if we're allowed to do that in an environment that is welcoming and without any fear of being judged, it boosts a woman's confidence so much that it lead and it can lead to a more equal relationship with men. I just think that it it is empowering, it is innately empowering in itself, and it leads to a really healthy love respect relationship with our with ourselves has that helped you within your role within coco de mer like cuz you've come to coco de mer from uh, you know separate businesses and then it's like oh pleasure for empowerment and now you're this top ceo of this luxury brand has that helped being like the snowball yes i think that you know i have been lucky to the extent that you know, the industries that I've chosen to work in are not hugely male dominated, but absolutely that self-belief is crucial, right? And, you know, I, I am, though, from a generation that was brought up to be self-deprecating. You know, I, I think today's generation are much more open to really, you know, learning to sing their own praises and stand up for themselves. That's why, you know, the new generations really will make a difference when it comes to the gender pay gap and all of that, because they're, they are learning to ask for what they want. Um, so, you know, in that mm. respect, it's, it's been harder. But I think that absolutely the reality is, is that if you love what you do and if you are passionate about what you do, success comes so much easier because you know it's mm. it's i i never it never feels like work it's such a cliche but it's true you know i could not be more mm. passionate about coca de mer or lingerie or the importance of female pleasure and therefore every day is just an exciting challenge because there is still so much work to do in all of this space but you know, how amazing. And if I feel like I can actually make a difference. What is it like being at a dinner table with Lucy Litwack at a dinner party? Everyone's had a bit too much wine. There's someone down the end saying that they've never had an orgasm. There's someone who's perimenopausal down the other end. There's a couple of guys who are laughing and who are making dildo jokes. What is your go-to set thing to say to everyone? <laughs> I feel like I probably don't get asked to that many dinner parties anymore. I <laughs> I'm, I'm way too opinionated on it all. I feel like the one thing I always say to women is please stop faking orgasms. That's always like my my number one. I'm just like, seriously, it doesn't help anyone. It's like that positive yeah. reinforcement yeah. that something that is not giving you pleasure, all it means is, is it's going to inevitably lead to the same thing happening again and again. And that's just, it's no good for you. And it's no good for their future partners either when they always think they're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you is that why you've made like the the pleasure collection because this is like loads of different toys they all look various different shapes and sizes was that part of the reasoning why was to make sure that women were actually yes because you know orgasms? as they say self-discovery is key to everything it's like it's self-discovery and then it's communication 
they are the two most important things, I think, because it's like you've got to understand what you like. How are you ever going to tell a partner what you want if you don't know? So practice makes perfect. Mm. So it's like take those toys, you know. I mean, you can start off, you've got five fingers, ten fingers even. It's like you've got things to start with if you don't have a toy <laughs> to pl- practice and play with. And then you can, ent- yeah. you know, start using the toys, get to understand what gives you pleasure. And then have the confidence to communicate that to anyone that you want to communicate that to. And, you know, I think the statistics say it all, you know, 95% of women orgasm during masturbation compared to 36% of women during heterosexual sex. Toys are a great way. And also it's breaking down that taboo around toys and, and lube. Lubricant is your best friend. It's there to enhance as well. You've, you, there's a reason why it comes in so many different flavors and heats and temperatures. It's just there to enhance rather than exactly, replace. exactly. Which is the same as toys as well. Because I mean, that also used to be that idea that you know, or oh, you only had a vibrator because you you know couldn't find a man, and they were all penis shaped, and you know that was mm. just that was the point of them. Whereas yeah. obviously now there's so many different shapes and sizes, and they come in lots of different materials and for all different elements, and so you know it's things are changing. What have been some of the biggest changes that you've noticed in the, the industry? The openness to discussing sex has definitely changed, and the openness. And so I think that, you know, the the use of toys has become much more mainstream and there is less of a taboo around it. People talk about using them more, women particularly amongst themselves. I think there's less of that, um, you know, bruising a man's ego by wanting to use a toy. I think we've moved on a bit from there as well. Oh, we all hope so. <laughs> Exactly, because you know we're all very worried about those poor men's egos. Um, so yeah, so I think there's less of those taboos, and the fact that you can now buy sex toys on beauty websites. You know, I think that does make them more mainstream. It does make them more accessible, and I think that's a real positive. So I feel like in the last twenty years, there has been huge developments in the openness of discussing sex in the opportunities and accessibility of products but what we haven't really talked about that hasn't I don't think moved on as much is that conversation around female pleasure and how it is still you know it is still newsworthy if there is a scene in a tv show of a woman masturbating for instance whereas that is not the case for male masturbation that's been in movies for decades so you know it's still It's just lagging a bit behind. There's so many challenges within the female pleasure industry and within the female, like, you know, sex industry as a whole. But we could all get together and do something. What what would our little army do? I mean, I think, first of all, we need to talk more about everything and communicate. You know, there's always that concept that women chat about everything to that you know to their friends mm. but we really don't and i think the biggest example of that is the menopause because i feel like yes. the menopause is something that happens to every single woman but still pretty much every single woman arrives at it with absolutely no knowledge of what to expect yeah. 
and you know Davina McCall has obviously done an amazing job recently in in bringing that conversation to the forefront and there's been so much more around it now but really we don't talk about that very much and I think that it's awful that you know so many women will get to their you know their late 40s their early 50s and they start having all of these symptoms and just have no reason it won't click that it's because they may be in perimenopause or anything. And I think, so I do think we should talk more about, about things like that because the reality is, is that no one else is doing it for us, right? It's the same as yeah. periods. Anything that is a purely female issue doesn't get the research or the analysis that it needs the same way as, you know, it's so hard to diagnose endometriosis, right? Like, you know, you know that if that was an illness that also affected men, there would be so much more research on it and women wouldn't go through decades of pain before being diagnosed. And so it, same as periods. I just always think if men had periods, there's no way you would hide your tampon on the way to the toilet, right? You'd be in the office swinging it from the chalice. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a taboo. <laughs> and they'd be free. Yeah. They'd just be fucking everywhere. Exactly. Just... Yeah, help yourself, lads. Oh, cheers, mate. I'll just take a couple of tampons for the road. Lovely stuff. Yeah. What would be your top tips to go from pleasure to empowerment? Masturbate as much as possible and learn to communicate. And I'd say that whether it was, um, you know, part of your pillow talk, part of your foreplay, part of date night, whatever it is. But you know what? It will help you in every single aspect of your life. It doesn't just have to be, you know, how you want to be touched. It can be anything. But communication is key. Brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lucy. Where can people find you if they want to get hold of you, if they want to have a look at the Coco de Mer ranges? Well, you can go onto our website, which is www.cocodemer.com. Or we have a boutique in Covent Garden in London. Or you can find our products also in a lingerie boutiques globally. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you. Take care. Last week, I asked you to send me your moments of body positivity. When did you learn to love all those squidgy sides and bony bits? Uh, Ali has slid into my DMs on Insta and she says, honestly, it is too hot to worry about my bingo wings. Yes, Ali, yes. This year, for the first time in forever, I went out in a vest top and nothing happened. No one looked at me or commented. No police were waiting at my door for indecent exposure. Oh, Ali. It turned out it was all fine. I've got more vest tops in order, so these pale-ass shoulders get the love they deserve. Yes, well done. I know, it's just too hot to start worrying about those bingo wings. Sun's out, gun's out, no matter what their size. Uh, Chris says, I'm built like a 12-year-old girl. No offence to 12-year-old girls, it's just that I'm a 30-year-old bloke with toxic masculinity nipping at my heels. (laughs) Oh, well done, Chris. Uh, Summer is always tough because of my skinny, pale legs. Decided this year I'm going to embrace my inner Lolita, (laughs) K-popper... 
<laughs> what is a K? Oh, a K popper. Go on then. And start wearing skirts. I figured it will either show off my legs or at least distract people from them. Either way, wish me luck. No distractions necessary, Chris. There are some amazing skirts out there for men. Go for it. You're going to look glorious. Uh, Effie has emailed and she says, I get so frustrated at not finding sexy lingerie in my size. I started seeing a new boyfriend and I really wanted something sexy for a night away, but I couldn't find anything I was happy with. The only thing I could find in my size was a comfy looking robe. Oh, the pain of it. I know. You see all these glorious baby doll dresses and sexy lingeries and all they've got for you is a fucking robe. But Effie says, fuck it. I got it. (laughs) Well done, Effie. And decided I would just have to make do. I got all washed and showered, put it on when I was in the bathroom and started to make a joke about, oh, I've got something special on underneath this. I open it with a flourish and I was just totally stark as underneath. Turned out he loved it and jumped on top of me. Well done, Effie. Uh, Oh, but she has got a little caveat. This isn't an excuse, though. I want cute lingerie in larger sizes. Get on it, Miranda. I'm trying, Effie. I am trying. I agree. We want some cute lingerie for them bigger girls. Give it to us. Next week, we want to hear from you. Tell me about what gives you the ick. Oh, we're fans of the ick on this show. I want to know, what is it? Maybe breath or their kissing technique or their shoes? What are the most ridiculous things that have ever given you the ick? Maybe someone's told you that you give them the ick for something else. Oh, tell me all about it. You can slide into my DMs. Look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok or Instagram or email smut drop at metro.co.uk. And if you want to hear the ones we love, remember to subscribe right now. I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. And remember that the best way to keep this coming into your ears is to leave a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week.